0: Welcome to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, John Helmkamp, Matthew Betts, and Matt Okada.
1: Welcome back to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. We are back, it is Friday, this release in your podcast app on Saturday. I'm joined by Matt Okada. I'm joined by John Helmkamp. Boys, we made it to the weekend and it's time to talk football. Whew. What could be better? How are you guys doing on this Frying Friday evening?
0: Frying Friday evening? I'm hoping to do some
2: fries.
1: Frying this Friday evening, boys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Eat
2: some French fries.
0: Actually, you know what? Some French fries sound really good. I might go get in and out after this recording. Oh, uh,
2: you know what? I would, but I have my children, so I might postmate that. We'll see what happens. Does Elon postmates? Evening. Uh yeah. Yeah, really. They, I don't know if they do over, that where I live. They Postmates over here. Um, I also
0: in, don't use Postmates,
1: Phoenix, so I
2: might like. not know.
1: Okay, you West Coast uh, losers. What is Postmate?
0: You don't know? Okay, what? Postmates no, is not know. on the East Coast.
1: No, do you never have never in my life. Doordash, yeah. Grubhub, it's that. It's Grubhub. Same, same idea. Okay, same apparent.
2: But, I did not know Postmates was a Western thing. I didn't either. It's been it has been kind of newer like in the last couple years, is when they kind of came on. But you can do more than just all of them, but you can you can do more than just food too. Like I did I did Postmates delivery for a stretch like a year ago, and I had someone that was like, I want you to go to Walgreens and I need you to buy me 16 cans of Lysol spray. And I'm like, I'm (laughs) very concerned about what's taking (laughs) place in that house. But I will do it. Um, very weird. And he gave me like a fifty dollar tip. So I'm pretty Whoa! sure that I'm. An ex- I'm pretty sure I'm an accessory to murder. Um, yes, I'm easily. Not, don't ask questions. Not entirely no question. sure what happened there. But uh but that was the thing. That was the thing that happened. Wow. Don't
1: ask questions. You don't want the answer to. John. Yep,
2: nope. Don't want to know. Don't remember his name. Don't remember the address. I'm I'm out. I'm
1: yeah. That's fine. Uh, Hey, welcome to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Postmates, apparently. Uh, (laughs) Hashtag Hashtag not not a sponsor. sponsor. (laughs) Uh, Fellas, I am super excited for tonight's show. We have a fun segment planned for this uh, episode. We are talking buy or sell Fantasy Football Edition. So the idea of tonight's show is we are going to bring a a prediction, a theory, what have you, to the table. And the other uh, podcast hosts are going to say, I buy that or... No, man, I don't buy that at all. So hopefully you can uh, engage with us here on Twitter. Follow us at Redshirts FF Pod. Let us know what you think about these uh, theories and these predictions. Follow us on Instagram, same handle, and Facebook as well at Redshirts FF Pod. And, fellas, I got some news for you today. News? Oh, I sent the video to our Slack channel. I also uh, sent it to our group uh, chat. Uh, that Devontae Adams signed jersey just came in the mail today. So green. Is there a way for me to enter the giveaway? No, because that I'm thing is sweet.
2: Pretty sure not. Because if there was, I'd already be in. Uh, that thing is so spicy. It's wonderful. Um, yeah. However you want to display it, it's it's perfect. It's beautiful. It's, it would make great for a square frame hanging like right over your head if you're recording anything, which is why I want it. Um, it's awesome. That, that jersey is sick. It's their dark green and and white lettering jerseys. It's super fresh. Now, yeah. I do have
0: to ask this question: What are your guys' take on wearing a signed jersey to a game? I don't do it, or nope. ever at all. Never, ever at all. Never wear <laughs> it. What if it was it? a Super Bowl and you were having a Super Bowl no, no, no. party at your house? All nope. right. If okay. I'm having, a, if it's a Super
2: rules. Bowl, if it's a Super Bowl, are you saying like a Super Bowl signed jersey, like? You pay the big no, 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 no.
0: Like, you just have a Russell Wilson signed jersey, and he's playing in the Super Bowl.
2: No, no. I'm hanging it right next to the TV. All right. Okay. Like, it is framed and going right next to the TV, if that's the case. If it's autographed, I'm not wearing it. It's I'm not
1: I agree with that. damaging it in that
2: way. You're buying autographed to display, in my opinion.
1: I Light.
0: would consider it if I wasn't guaranteed to get buffalo sauce on it. if I did. So, so. <laughs> That's why
2: you get the so back big, number signed. No so it doesn't me. matter what happens in the front. Mm. Eh, smart, smart, go.
1: smart. <laughs> uh, all good tips for our listeners. If you want to win that Devontae Adams signed jersey, the rules are simple. You get to retweet the pinned tweet on our, our page. Like the photo on Instagram that you know details the giveaway. And then there's other ways you can enter. Drop a rating and review in your podcast app. Or enter uh, or subscribe, I should say, on Patreon.com slash RichardsPod. You get access to the Slack channel, bonus content, all that kind of stuff. And we got some big things coming for this season. So you do not want to miss out on that. Uh, those are the ways to enter. Go ahead and do that. And we'll be giving that away sometime in June. So you have a couple more weeks to get in that contest. Alright, fellas, not really anything going on news-wise this week, so we're going to get right into it. We're going to talk about our first prediction, and I'm going to kick it over to Okada. He seems like he has a good one to start with tonight. So, Okada, give me your first prediction, and then we'll see if we're buying or selling this.
0: Oh, boy. Well, thanks a lot for setting me up. All right. here's what I'm going with. Uh, I kind of got themes to each of these. Well, one of them doesn't have a theme, but this one does. It's about free agents. The big three free agent running backs, Todd Gurley... Melvin Gordon, David Johnson will all finish as top 17 running backs in 2020. Don't ask Ooh. me why I went with that number. I don't know, but that is the <laughs> that number we're going with. That was my first question. <laughs> yes. Gordon, Gurley right. and DJ, top 17.
2: No. I'm Ooh. selling on that. I don't think it happens. Who's out? Um if I had to pick one that's out it's Melvin Gordon because of the Philip Lindsay potential timeshare. I think that it, of all of those running backs, I think that Lindsay is the one that poses the most threat. David Johnson is going to get like all the carries. Duke Johnson will get some of the targets. But David Johnson is like, their guy that's going to carry the ball. He's still going to be involved in the passing game to some degree. Um, they don't have any receivers, so you might as well. Um, I think that David Johnson... For volume alone is a pretty safe bet to finish right there as a mid-range RB2. Um, I think that that's fine. Um, Todd Gurley, same thing. I think that they brought him in and uh, honestly, I was expecting Atlanta to invest some high draft capital in a running back and it didn't happen because they only have Gurley on a one-year deal. That's it. And then he's gone. So... In my opinion, it kinda of looks like they're just gonna run Gurley into the ground and then discard him after one season and then address running back next year. So they're gonna get all the offense that they can out of Gurley in one season and then pretty much cast him aside. I think that Philip Lindsay makes the biggest dent into the workload of those three running backs.
1: I think that's that's fair. I will say I'm a little shaky about what's going on in Atlanta, man. I mean you look at that depth chart behind Todd Gurley, and to John's point, I think the plan is we sign into a one year deal. That's all we're going to get out of you. Like, we might as well just run you into the ground. The depth chart is as follows Brian Hill, Quadre Allison. Yeah, oh. not good for those two. No. And then the fourth one, Ito Smith. Not much better. I mean, nope. so that's a realistic possibility. The, the range of outcomes for Todd Gurley this year is unreal. Like, he has top five upside, but he could also finish like. You know, running back three territory because of knee workload concerns and all that kind of stuff. Um, So I can buy that this is in the realm of possibility for sure. I disagree a little bit on Melvin Gordon. I'm going to be bullish on Melvin Gordon this year because of the upgraded offensive weapons. I think the offense in general will be better. And I think if you're going to tell me they're going to give the ball to, to one guy inside the 20, it's going to be Melvin Gordon instead of Phillip Lindsay, I think. So they paid him in free agency even when they had l- – Philip Lindsay being effective, they still said, you know what? Let's go spend money and let's get Melvin Gordon. So I think Melvin Gordon's in for a really solid year uh, this season. I'll I'll predict him to finish inside the top 15 when our ranks come out I, for a redraft, I guarantee. Um, but for Todd Gurley, man, it worries me. It, it could go any number of directions and I wouldn't be shocked.
0: And David Johnson falls behind both those guys for you?
1: No, I think David Johnson's firmly entrenched inside the top 17. On volume okay. alone. I mean, we saw Le'Veon Bell last year, who was abysmal, finish, I think, as running back 17 or 16 off the top of my head. And it was just on volume. He was terrible. 3.2 yards per carry, uh, three rushing touchdowns, still finishes running back 17. Yeah, volume alone is going to get David Johnson inside the top 17. Interesting.
0: Well, I, I think I agree mostly with John... Although, I think that all three can do it. I'm kind of buying it myself, which I came up with it, so I'm kind of expected to buy it. (laughs) Uh, It's going to be close, but for me, if it's going to be one guy who slips out, it's probably Melvin Gordon. I really do believe in David Johnson. I think I'm going to have him ranked probably the highest, maybe, of these three guys. Certainly in my top 15, Gurley will also be up there. For redraft, Gurley is really nice. I think this year is probably going to be a value uh, if people are going off last year's performances. But Gordon is the one guy who I could see having, you know, 175-200 carries instead of 250-plus. And that is what concerned me a little bit. Although I do think his touchdown upside is there, to your point, bet. So, uh, mostly we are fringe at best on this. But interesting that we have different running backs outside it.
2: Yeah, I think it could happen. Like, if it does, it wouldn't shock me. But... I kind of look at these three running backs, all of them are kind of high risk, and I think the odds of all three of them hitting the best case scenario is is low. Like, sure. something's going to happen to one of them. They're all kind of high risk. Um, Gordon doesn't have injury history, but he held out for a year. The other two have been injured, banged up. Um, David Johnson's already 28. I, I don't know when that happened. I feel like he just came into the league. Um, something I think is going to happen that's going to derail one or multiple of those seasons. So I I would pass on it pretty much just for that.
1: All right, it seems like we're pretty, uh, pretty much in agreement as far as selling that idea in general. Okada said he would maybe buy it. (laughs) High level confidence. (laughs) Uh, Maybe Uh, selling idea. I'm in on two out of three of those. I think it sounds like John is as well. Let's kick it back to John here. John, give me your first prediction here for 2020.
2: All right, I decided to go rookie-themed on this one. And no, for all of our listeners, I have nothing to say about Jonathan Taylor today. Um, I'm going to give that a little bit of a rest. If you need any more Jonathan Taylor content, DM me on Twitter, and I'll go on and wax on poetically. (laughs) Oh
0: my gosh, he will blast Um, your DMs. (laughs) I will. It will
2: happen. But no, I'm, I'm leaving that aside. I'm going some other rookies a little bit here. Little bit of a hot take, um, but I think the landing spot makes this an interesting conversation to have, and I'm very curious. This will make Okada very happy, and I'm Ooh. very interested by this one. Brandon Ayuk will have more receptions than C.D. Lamb in 2020.
0: Ooh. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. This, that's a tough one. So my initial reaction is that yes he's gonna probably have a larger target share but the 49ers are going to throw at a much lower clip than the Cowboys and so the question is how does the math work out and who ends up with more I'm gonna I'm gonna buy it and I'm probably' were you just again- about
1: to say that you're gonna sell it and change your mind no 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 no, a sentence? no 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 it sounded like you like'm gonna right s- buy it. it here's all the reasons uh, why I'm
2: gonna sell it and then I'm gonna buy that's what I think
0: that Brandon Ayuk is a guy who's going to largely win off of volume in the short and intermediate range, so I think he could be a guy who has 80 catches pretty much out of the gate. CeeDee Lamb, I think he's going to be a guy. I I wouldn't be surprised if he had more touchdowns. I wouldn't be surprised if he had higher yards per reception, but I would also not be surprised if he had 40 or 50 catches in this first year with the other guys they have on that team. So I'm
1: buying it, John. I like it. I mean, I— I'm going to start talking, and I don't even know which way I'm going to go yet. That tells you how difficult (laughs) this is to actually think through. But as Okada was talking, I came to the conclusion, I think I'm going to sell this. Because, like Okada said, the volume as a team for passing the football in San Francisco, that's not their identity. I mean, they were only behind Baltimore last year in rush attempts in the entire NFL. So they want to run the football, can Brandon Ayuk be effective? Yes, but specifically for this prediction with receptions, I think it's going to be lower this season than CeeDee Lamb, where Mike McCarthy historically just says, I don't care what my running back is, he's not getting the ball, we're going to pass the ball uh, a lot, which actually in today's NFL is more advantageous from an analytics perspective anyway. So um, I think that that is more likely to result in receptions for CeeDee Lamb. And when you look at kind of the target share distribution for San Francisco, I mean, we're probably expecting George Kittle to lead the way again this year. Yep, Debo, probably number two. I think the mm-hmm. running back position as a whole, number three. Okay, want to switch those two, two and three? Or do you think you you think, I Brandon think could
0: have more receptions than Debo Samuel as well. In fact, I think I'm not so. oh, I I John, John, I don't along with the question.
2: I think you can't do so. Uh,
1: for me, I'm going to project that offense probably for him to be the fourth in that pecking order. And wow. so I don't think the receptions are there for this year. That Doesn't mean I don't like IUC, I, I yeah. definitely do, but for this season, I'll take CD. John, yeah, what do you think?
2: Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, CD Lamb is my 2020 rookie wide receiver one. He was pre draft after I got over the initial shock of him being drafted to Dallas and sat back and thought about it more. He's still my 2020 wide receiver one, um, but. I think that he's my wide receiver one because I believe in his talent and I believe in the longevity and I believe that he's an alpha dog that's going to rise to the top with time. Now, where that starts is very interesting to me, and I'm not sure what his role is going to be in year one with Amari Cooper, with Michael Gallup, with a new head coach, with him being a rookie without having OTAs. I think it's very interesting. There's a lot of moving parts there, and I think it might take a little bit of time for CeeDee Lamb to kind of catch up to his hype and his potential. In San Francisco, it's Brandon Ayuk and Debo, and that's it for wide receivers. Like that's all that they have. They traded away Marquise Goodwin, who wasn't really much of or Godwin. Goodwin? Godwin? Marquise? Goodwin. Goodwin. Had it right the first time. Um who really wasn't much of a threat for targets anyways. They traded up to get Brandon Ayuk early high draft capital to take him. They like him. That makes me think that they've got a plan for him, and they think this is a guy that they want to get the ball into his hands in a multitude of ways. Jet sweeps, bubble screens, quick intermediate routes, short routes, all that stuff. I think it's entirely possible that Brandon Ayuk has more receptions than CeeDee Lamb in 2020. I think CeeDee Lamb has a better career. I think that Mm. CeeDee Lamb ends up potentially being a true number one wide receiver for that team in time but in 2020 alone i think that i'm gonna take i think i'm gonna take that brandon Ayuk having more receptions than cd lamb
1: all right Huzzah. i like it it's Huzzah. definitely an interesting thing to think about um yeah man I, I could see that going either way honestly uh okada and john are in on Ayuk. i'm in on cd lamb for more receptions this year we'll see what uh the twitter following thinks all right, fellas, my first prediction for this year, we got three players to talk about with one prediction. All right, and it's the Atlanta Falcons. Now, we talked about Todd Gurley. Oh. He's not in this. Oh. We're going to talk about Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Now, part of this prediction is Julio's a top five wide receiver, which yep. we all agree that's going to happen. But I'm going to add to that and say Matt Ryan is a top five quarterback in fantasy, Ooh. and Calvin Woo. Ridley is a top 15 wide receiver in fantasy. Ooh. This season, all three of those things are going to happen because here's why. Ooh, we talked about Todd Gurley. We talked about the concerns with the workload and what is he going to be. We don't know. You know who else doesn't know? Dirk Cutter, the <laughs> offensive coordinator. Here is the quote from I just yesterday. I can't believe
2: that Dirk Cutter is still an OC in the NFL. By the way, can we just? <laughs> he said. Can we say that?
1: Yeah, he said. Quote: The main question is that no one seems to know where. Uh, no, is what is his health status? What's his workload? He averaged 17 touches per game last year, which is lower than what he had when he was an All-Pro. We're just going to have to find out once we get in here and get him working, get him up and running, end quote. <laughs> Who <laughs> They knows? have no idea. They have no idea. So the run game, we talked about the depth chart. It's Todd Gurley, it's Quadra Allison, it's Ito Smith and Brian Hill. I mean, if Todd Gurley goes down it's not or great, if Bob. he can't produce... It's not great, Bob. It's actually quite terrible. They're going to have to throw Bob. the ball... Literally on every single play, Matt Ryan has led the NFL in past attempts, uh, top five, both these seasons, 2018 and 2019. Julio is obviously a beast. Calvin Ridley is on the upswing, I think. I mean, you look at this defense. My goodness. This is a bottom half defense. This is a middling offensive line. I don't think they can run yes. the ball to save their life. Terrible, And they're playing in the NFC South. Like The scoring that's going to happen in that division, track I want all day. every piece of this passing offense on my fantasy football roster in 2020 because the game script is going to be very, very beneficial for the passing game. Matt Ryan has done it year after year after year. Julio is a top three talent at wide receiver in the NFL. And Calvin Ridley is making his way into the top 15 this season. Fellows, do you buy or sell?
0: Oh, listen, my first reaction was to sell pretty hard. And the main reason is I do not believe Calvin Ridley could be a top 15 wide receiver. And if he can't be a top 15 wide receiver, then it hurts Ryan's chances of being a top five quarterback. Now, I will say that Matt Ryan is due on his little seesaw thing that he does. Oh, you're taking
2: 4,900 my 4,900 yards, my 35 take.
0: touchdowns. And then he drops down, <laughs> then he comes back up, and then he drops down. Now he's due to come back up. So he's probably going to have 4,900 yards and 35 touchdowns, which makes him a top five quarterback. Uh, just kidding. That's not really how things work. Yes, Listen, But it is. Yeah, it is totally it possible? Is. <laughs> is it possible? Yes, I think because Calvin Ridley is the key here. If he takes a step forward and becomes like one of the top uh, – I guess does he run out of the slot a lot? I don't really think he does.
1: Not I think a he's ton. He's more of an outside no. guy. No, he's but
0: more outside. He he's kind of a unique sort of player. If he sort of takes a step up to become not Julio Jones, but sort of what Roddy White and Julio Jones yeah. were back in the day, where they were gonna be both be wide receiver twos or better, then Matt Ryan is gonna do this. Do I believe that is gonna happen? No. Can it happen? Yes. I'm gonna sell because I don't believe enough in Calvin Ridley. Johnny boy.
2: I'm going to buy that this Atlanta offense is going to be a fantasy goldmine uh, in 2020. It's an even number year, which means that Matt Ryan's going to be in the MVP conversation. Uh, That's basically how that works. Um, I think that Todd Gurley, even though there's these questions about his workload and his potential, um, he's an upgrade at the running back position since Devontae Freeman was fully healthy in their Super Bowl run three seasons ago now, it's going to be the the best number one option that they've had out of, out of that backfield in a while. Now, granted, they used to run Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman together in this tandem option, and the number two running back, like you've already mentioned, is doo-doo on this offense. <laughs> so, something to consider, but I like that. I, I like Todd Gurley's opportunity as a receiving back out of this backfield, which I think is going to help them a ton. Um, this is a division that is going to be like all track meets all the time. You've got a Joe mm-hmm. Brady offense with DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, uh, Christian McCaffrey, and Robbie Anderson in Carolina. You've got Bruce Arians who finally has his favorite type of quarterback, which is an old and mobile veteran who distributes the ball well. Um to two very elite wide receivers and oh Gronk and oh Keyshawn Vaughn. Um and then you have one last ride, the last dance 2.0 in New Orleans with <laughs> Drew Brees and getting the band back together there with Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. This is going to be such an offense-driven division, and Atlanta's defense is terrible. They're going to have to try to win shootouts in like more than half of their games this year. So based on that, based on game script, based on it being an even number year for Matt Ryan, (laughs) um, I'm going to say I'm going to buy it. I think it happens. I think that Calvin Ridley can absolutely be a top 15 wide receiver in this league, um, especially if he gets a lot of the volume and a lot of garbage time, which I think they're going to face. So I think it's entirely possible. Sure, I'll buy it.
1: John, you're a very smart man, Okada. uh, Okay. Not so much. (laughs) (laughs) Fellas, I'm going to take a quick break. Uh, Thank our sponsor of today's show. That is nuts and more. Guys, listen. Summer's coming up. It's time to get fit. It's time to stay healthy. But you know what? I love peanut butter so much, but it's so high in calories, right? So what do you do? You go to nutsandmore.com slash redshirts. You get their peanut butters or almond butters, which are the best flavors I have ever had in my entire life. And they're packed with protein to support your active lifestyle. Super healthy um, and really affordable as well, which is great. And with our code redshirts, you're going to save yourself 15% off your order. So go check them out, guys. You're not going to be disappointed. Delivered right to your door. That is nutsandmore.com slash red shirts use code red shirts for 15 percent off your order today I'm all right hungry. guys second what's that
0: i said i'm hungry
1: <laughs> well dude use use get, the code get that That's in you're in get that <laughs> in sure. and out man all right okada we are back to you for your second prediction hit us with what you got here
0: all right i all right you're gonna you guys are gonna have to track with me on this one all right it's a little bit difficult to, to word but i feel like it's oh, interesting <laughs> in 2020 sure. The highest finishing rookie wide receiver will still finish behind three 2019 rookie wide receivers. I got you. At least. So, just for your, your context, here are the top guys from last year. A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin, Debo Samuel, D.K. Metcalf, Darius Slayton, Deontay Johnson, Marquise Brown. Those are probably the guys in consideration. So, at least three of those will beat out the best Rookie from 2020, this year, buy or sell?
2: Can I go first? Buy. Uh, go ahead. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm smashing by on that. I, I have no problem admitting that the wide receivers in this class that we all love didn't land in really fantastic immediate producing roles. They are fine long term. We like their talent. We believe in the talent and in dynasty. With wide receivers, you buy talent. Not necessarily landing spot because team makeup changes all the time. And it takes a while for wide receivers to really come into their own, you know, like year three sort of stuff is generally what we're seeing. CeeDee Lamb does not have an immediate path to success, although he can be a stud in the future. Jerry Judy does not have an immediate path to massive production, although maybe he does in the future. Um, Henry Ruggs, I don't know what the hell to do with Henry Ruggs. He could be nothing more than a deep threat Deshaun Jackson type, or he could be a playmaker that they want to get the ball to all the time in space. The play calling is going to determine a lot about what Henry Ruggs ends up being for fantasy purposes. You're talking about wide receivers last year that showed up, balled out, carved out good roles. We expect them to continue and grow on those roles going into this next season, Um, My favorites being A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, Terry McLaurin as my top three. Darius Slayton has a very solid role. Deontay Johnson was absolutely fantastic in his rookie campaign. I think all five of them beat out the top 2020 rookie wide receiver in production this year. I'm going to up your ante on that. I I don't think it's close. Yeah, I have all five of them finishing above the number one 2020 rookie wide receiver.
1: Yes, I would also agree, and I would also buy the five. I mean, those names you mentioned, Okada, are the future of the NFL as far as the stars of this game. Those dudes came out in their rookie year, and they do something that rookies just don't do. They all produced early in their career, early in the season. Like Terry McLaurin, the first like four weeks was like a top 24 wide receiver. It doesn't happen. Pretty sure he was top like
2: 18. Like he was cooking.
1: Yeah, he was cooking, and it didn't help that he burnt the Eagles in week one. (laughs) That was fun. Um, but you know, DK Metcalf coming to year two. We all love AJ Brown on this podcast. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm buying this all day. And if there was ever a year to buy it, it's this year guys with the COVID-19 stuff going on. Yep. Like we have no idea what training camp's going to be like. What are these rookies going to do as far as learning the system, learning the playbook, getting chemistry with their quarterbacks. Yeah. I would buy this 10 out of 10 times, uh, for sure. Yeah.
0: Um, so I, you guys definitely took it a step farther because you went to five. I think that a 2020 rookie will have a very good chance of finishing at fourth among these two groups, which is why I set it at three. I think that Justin Jefferson...
2: I was going to ask. I was going to yeah, put a follow-up question mention. in there. I was gonna put I a think that Justin there.
0: Jefferson yeah. could beat out Debo and Slayton and Johnson and be the guy that comes in behind Brown, Metcalf, and McLaurin. Uh, maybe Judy as well. I could see that happening and could be rugs. If things go, everything falls his way, but I, I would lean away from that. Um, but I think there's a good chance a 2020 rookie finishes fourth. You guys took it a whole nother step. Technically you said sixth because you said five guys from last year will finish ahead. Yeah. So that's pretty crazy. Uh, does this make it feel to you guys? Like uh, AJ Brown's hard to buy because he's incredible and, but are all these other guys, guys that you would try to be just selling straight up your first round pick to get
1: for sure? I think, well, not all the guys. The top I, you know, three,
2: the, yes.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I would like do DK,
2: a, AJ Brown, and McLaurin. I would sell a first yep. for, for those guys. The Deonte Deontay Johnson and Darius Slayton, I really, really like, but I've got them more in like that early to mid-second range, just a Kinda. little bit lower, but... Still very, very talented, but I was going to ask the follow-up question on that. Who do you think the 2020 wide receiver, the rookie wide receiver one is going to be? And I'm with you. I think it's Justin Jefferson out of the group that finishes as the wide receiver one from this class.
1: Yeah, that is interesting to think about. You know, like if you're, you don't even, I guess you don't have to be like a win now team. Like if you want production this season, And let's say you drafted Jerry Judy in your rookie draft, or you own like the 105, 106 where he's been going. I mean, are you guys offering that pick for a proven guy who did it last year? Like, would you rather take uh, DK Metcalf or Jerry Judy uh, in Dynasty? DK Metcalf.
2: DK Metcalf, it's not even close
0: for me. Well, John's a huge DK Metcalf truther. Surprise, (laughs) surprise. So that's, yeah. Um, (laughs) No bias whatsoever. None.
2: Totally unbiased here.
0: uh, I think I would take Metcalf, but it's close.
1: Yeah, and we actually had a we had a question come in from a listener asking about uh CD Lamb or DK Metcalf. And we put up a poll on our t- on our Twitter. It was literally like 51 49%. Yeah. Uh, wow. So so close. So I agree it's it's kind of a coin flip. Um but if you want production this year, I mean those 2019 rookie wide receivers, I think are the way to go, especially knowing what that yeah, they can do in year yeah. 1 and taking a step forward in year 2. Yeah, I'm all about that. can i
2: can i I throw a little blurb out there yes do you guys think that three 2019 rookie wide receivers are going to have over a thousand yards this year
0: yes aj mclaurin are both going to for sure and then just one of the other guys has to to make it happen so yeah Yeah, i would say easily
1: yep yep i agree sweet all right john let's kick it back to you man hit us with your second prediction
2: Good conversations, boys. Fun stuff. Um, okay, I've got a spicy rookie running back take that does not involve one of the top two. Ooh. One Mr. Cam Akers will finish with more career rushing yards than J.K. Dobbins.
0: Ooh, now we got to project for like four years. Wow. <laughs> <Five> years. <laughs> more career rushing yards than J.K. Dobbins. I'll tell you what, I'll go ahead and and answer this one because I'm the resident Cam Akers truther, uh, and none of us are huge on J.K. Dobbins, although I feel like I may be coming around a little bit more than the the two of you guys. But on this specific question, I'm going to sell, and I'm going to say J.K. Dobbins has more rushing yards. Now, I think that I would still take Cam Akers for fantasy points, scrimmage yards, and maybe even touchdowns. But I think J.K. Dobbins, just on rushing yards, is able to edge Akers out total just because of the difference that the, the two of them have in play style and the teams of their own.
1: I think I'm going to sell as well. And it's it's mostly like because you said the verbiage, right? The rushing yards. I mean, Baltimore, they want to run the ball on first, second, third, and fourth down if they can. <laughs> yep. I mean, yeah. They're going to run the ball yeah. every play. And we saw what Mark Ingram did at the age of, what, 29 or 30 last year. J.K. Dobbins comes in with fresh legs his scheme fit is like a match made in heaven, right? With what he did last year at Ohio State with Justin Fields, the you know the, the RPOs and the zone read and, and all that stuff. It's just a perfect translation with Lamar Jackson. So I think J.K. Dobbins, while I'm not a huge fan of the prospect in general, you can't not love this landing spot and yeah. think about it from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, he's going to have a ton of rushing yards, uh, I think, and and I'll probably project that for his career as well.
2: Let me ask you to a follow-up question on top of that. Does it change your mind if Cam Akers has a two year head start on the starting
1: gig? Mm, two uh, years? Um That's a lot of time. Yeah, That's I would I would give him a one year, <laughs>
0: which is why I was able to stick with Dobbins. I think I still stick with Dobbins mainly because I honestly don't think that. Uh, in the Rams offense a running back is going to be a 13 1400 a year kind of guy. I think it's going to be a 1100 add a lot of receiving yards and score a lot of touchdowns. But in the Ravens offense with a guy who we know is a production beast, I could easily see him being a 1400 yard guy on a very frequent basis, so it won't take him too long to catch up.
1: Okay. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty sound. If it was one year, it's it's no question, with two years it's tough. A little bit of a question. Yeah. Are you John, I'm gonna kick it back to you real quick. Are you thinking that potentially Mark Ingram will be there for two years, or are you just putting it out there for the sake of uh, no discussion? I,
2: I think there's a realistic possibility that it can be. Um, Mark Ingram seems like one of those running backs that is not going to go quietly into the night. Like True. this is not going to be one of those guys that's like, okay, I'm, I'm done here. We're just gonna we're just gonna hang it up. I, I mean, he kind of seems like one of these vets that could be plugging along at 32 years old, not in a bell cow role, but still around and still carving it out.
1: Frank Gore 2.0? Yeah, Yeah, I could totally see that.
2: Mark Ingram seems like that guy. And they love bringing in Dobbins, and they're going to give Dobbins more and more carries. I think Mark Ingram has like 60% of the carries this year, Uh, probably some along those lines, until Dobbins kind of gets his leg under him, and then it's like a true split for the last, like, four weeks of the season, something like that. But I think that Ingram is back again next year. And I think that he's still hanging around and they're going to like this little thunder and lightning hype man, big trust Mark Ingram in the locker room and everything that he brings that way. I just don't think Ingram's going to go quietly and they love him in Baltimore. And if they can extend him on a bit of a team friendly one or two year contract after I could absolutely see it happening. So, that and they still got the Gus Bus there, who is not an elite prospect by any means, but he's going to carve in. And they've still got Justice Hill that they took last year. Is he just done? Or is he still going to factor into the role? I don't know. I-, I think that everyone loves this landing spot because of Scheme, and I get that. But I think that the room is a little muddier than people think that it is. And that's one of the reasons why I've got J.K. Dobbins as my rookie running back five in this class. I think that if any of these rookie running backs are going to end up busting, like any of these top five guys are going to be a straight bust, I think it could be J.K. Dobbins. Mm. And now it could go the other way where he ends up taking over the bell cow duties in a run first offense that fits his scheme great and he balls. It could happen. Like I, I get that too. I acknowledge both sides of the spectrum. But I think that J.K. Dobbins has a little bit more risk baked in than people are giving him credit for.
1: Yeah, I think mean, those are all fair points. I'll say for 2020, um, just kind of while we're talking about the Ravens' backfield, I love Mark Ingram as a value oh, this yeah. year. Yeah, he's I've just value. I just started my projections for the season. I've gone through like six or seven teams, but the Ravens are one of the teams that I got through, and at the end of it, I was like, "Wow, Mark Ingram!" Like, didn't expect my projections to come out that way. I have him leading the backfield by quite a bit, and I think. Dobbins is going to get work. Like we saw Gus Edwards have like almost what? 700 yards rushing last year and it didn't affect Mark Ingram at all. So how much they run the football, I think Mark Ingram is fine for this year. So a sneaky like mid to late round running back. That's going to provide some RB two value. I think uh, this year. Absolutely. All right, guys, my next prediction here, I'm not even going to say anything about it. I'm just going to say it and then see what you guys think. Adam Thielen is a top 12 wide receiver in fantasy football in 2020 Buy or sell?
0: <laughs> uh,
2: Okada, you want a minute?
0: No. no uh, yeah, go for it. Go for it.
2: Okay. <laughs> um, I'm selling. I I don't think that he is. I think that this offense is going to go even further away from the pass um, with the departure of Stefan Diggs. I think that they know that they've got one of the elite bell running backs. Oh, and it's going to be very interesting with a new offensive coordinator in town, how they treat that backfield. Is this going to be a little bit more of a split than we saw when Stefanski was there, where it was literally just all Dalvin cook all the time. Or is it going to be like Dalvin cook? Um, you're on the last year of your contract and we want to keep you healthy a little bit. So we're going to start kind of edging Alexander Madison in a little bit more to break this up and go really run heavy I think it's possible that that's a case that takes place this year. Um, I also think that they love Justin Jefferson, which is why they took him. as basically expecting him to be a Stefan Diggs replacement, essentially, which is pretty big shoes to fill. Um, I just don't think that the volume is going to be quite the same. I think it's going to take a little bit of a step backwards from an overall passing standpoint, although Thielen should eat up more targets without Diggs in tow. But I think that dalvin cook is gonna be potentially even more utilized in the passing game than what we've seen from him in the past um it's fringe for me like I think that it's 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 very fringe it could happen I'm not saying that he's gonna be like a wide receiver 20 plus he's gonna be right around that mark but I think I would sell it just by a few spots and have him at like wide receiver 14 15 like I think that he's gonna be close but I don't think that he cracks it
1: all right Okada
0: do you feel confident about his health bets?
1: I can't answer that question until you tell oh, me the answer. Oh no! <laughs> uh, well,
0: I was leaning towards it's sell. No, I'm definitely gonna sell. <laughs> Listen, I I forgot how much of a bust Adam Thielen was last year. I just went and took yeah. a quick check because I don't know. He did. He doesn't. It doesn't feel like he was that bad, but he played ten games, so he missed six, which is already rough. But then in those 10 games, only 418 yards on 30 catches. That is not good. That, not great, Bob. That's, that's very bad, actually. So it's not good. Hashtag analysis. Not good. Not good. I think I might even fall more towards John's side that he could – or more towards what John said he wasn't, which is that he may fall as low as wide receiver 20 or beyond. And I don't know, guys, I'm getting this sneaky feeling that I might like Justin Jefferson more than Adam Thielen in this year. That's probably a little insane, but I think they're probably a lot closer than people think.
2: That's a bit hot.
1: That's very hot, I
2: think. It's a spicy.
1: Guys, I buy my own prediction. Oh! And so let me me go back to the health real quick, and then I'll talk about um, his performance. So, yeah, I mean, last year was, like you said complete bust year especially considering what he did the year before and the game logs are unreal that was the year if you guys remember like weeks 1 through like 10 every week it was a touchdown it was like 60 to like 100 yards and a touchdown every week it was gold but last year it just fell off with the hamstring issues and you know I'm usually like team it's no hamstrings hamstring, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when you look at Adam Thielen's overall longevity in his career this is really the only knock from his health perspective so there definitely is some risk going into the season. I'm not going to say there isn't because there is with every single player that has these recurring soft tissue injuries. But, guys, the depth chart, like you said, is Justin Jefferson, who I like, yeah. but he's a rookie, and what is the offseason program? We don't know. Right. It's BC Johnson and Tajay Sharp. Like, if you're telling me Adam Thielen is not going to get at least 120 targets, I'd be absolutely shocked. And for Adam Thielen, going back to the last two seasons, when he averages eight or more targets, here's the 16-game pace, okay? 125 receptions, 1,632 yards, and 13 touchdowns just in those games where he gets eight-plus targets. I don't see a path for failure outside of injury for Adam Thielen, even in an offense that probably is going to rely on the running game a ton with Gary Kubiak, who loves to get the running back involved in the passing game and obviously on the ground as well but i just think looking at that depth chart the, the chemistry with kirk cousins in an, a weird off season i think adam Thielen's going to return wide receiver one value and you're going to be able to get him i think in like the fourth round this year because of what happened last year
2: maybe later to be honest uh, here's
0: something quick as a, another quick pushback bets i don't know if everyone remembers this as well but what you said about his 2018 season was 100% true for the first half then he was yeah. crap for the second half. <laughs> so he's been bad literally for 18 like straight split. games. Yes. I just pulled it up really quick. Over his last 18 games, which is more than a full season, only 69 catches, 866 yards. Uh, Two games with 100 plus yards. That uh, Like, yes, the hamstrings uh messed up last season, but it was eight games prior to that that he wasn't good. So... I don't know, man. He flashed like a beast at the beginning of 2018, but for a long while now, he's been disappointing me. I don't think I'm willing to buy in. And he's 29, 30. Uh, he 29. is right. 29 and 267 days. He'll turn 20. He'll turn 30 right before the season.
2: So it'll be 30 when the season starts coming off of soft tissue injuries in an offseason where he lost his counterpart that's going to require more coverage from the defense. So they know that they're going to be able to put the number one dude on Adam Thielen and let Justin Jefferson cook against the number two. Mm. I don't love it.
1: Oh, boy. I'm taking Justin Jefferson, guys. <laughs> it's all fun. Justin Jefferson it. over you Adam Thielen. Just,
2: Starting the
0: campaign
1: now. Jefferson, <laughs> let's go. What's great about fantasy football um, and this analysis is that we can just spin it in whatever way we like. Hashtag better.
2: analysis. Yeah, it's great. And true, it sounds true. good.
1: Like If I would have not said what I just said and I heard John talk, I'd be like, yeah, dude, screw Adam Thielen. Like, he's going to be terrible this year. <laughs> That's that guy. But I, <laughs> I think, you know, I, I like the points I said. I, I think he's there. So I buy the top 12 season. Uh, obviously, you two are selling. Really interesting player. Like, again, range of outcomes, massive Huge. for Adam Thielen. Yep. Um, Huge. So,
2: I think it's risky. So it depends on where you're drafting him and the rest of your roster. I, I mean, if he's going in the fourth, fifth, maybe sixth, depending on the draft, I could see him falling to the sixth. I could yeah. absolutely see that happening. If you can snag yeah. him as your wide receiver two, and you already have two stud running backs and a quarterback in front of that in superflex, yeah, I'd probably take. I'd probably take a. I'd take a flyer on that. Sounds a nice. flyer, a flyer in the fifth or sixth round, but it's. I think I think that the the risk is baked into that ADP, and I would take the gamble on that.
1: Yeah, if I can get him there, I'm very excited. Yeah. All right, Okada, back to you, man. Hit us with your third prediction.
0: All right, guys, this one's going to be, well, I won't say it's going to be a relatively quick one. I don't know how much we'll chat about it, but it is a quick one to say. If Odell Beckham Jr. plays 16 games, he will be a top four wide receiver in 2020. This has been something going around our Slack channel quite a bit. (laughs) This has been. Arguing about Odell Beckham Jr., so I'm giving him the full 16, full health full 16 too, not just like a Julio Jones full 16. Does he crack the top four?
1: I don't think so. I'm going to sell it. I, I Browns are one of the teams I projected. And guys, I know I've said in the past and on this podcast and I put it out on my social media, like I'm in on Odell, and I still am. I think he plays a full 16 this year. He's the type of player that I've looked at his injury history analyzing it it doesn't really seem to add up so i'm confident in his rehab after the surgery however i don't know that the volume is going to be there for him there is a realistic possibility that yet again jarvis landry leads his team in targets but i will never i will never project it it just might happen pause and pause pause go ahead
2: everybody listening buy or draft jarvis landry Please, I support that. I beg you, get him on your roster. He is the most undervalued, consistent, top 16 ish fantasy wide receiver year in and year out. 80 plus receptions, 1,100 plus yards, six touchdowns last year. It's only going to get better with a healthy OBJ on the other side. Get Landry on your team. I beg you. If you have questions about his value, DM me. I will talk to you about it. But. Love Landry.
1: Yes, I agree. The most undervalued wide receiver in fantasy football. Absolutely. Uh, back to OBJ, though. If you would have said top 10, I would have said, yep, I'm buying it. Top four, man, that's so tough. Like, you got to beat out Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, one of the Bucs receivers. Devontae. I'm blanking on other names. Devontae Adams. Like, I don't see it happening. Top 10, I would buy. Top 4, I got to sell.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm selling on that too. Same thing. It's volume based. Um, is he one of the top three most talented wide receivers in the NFL when fully healthy? Yes, I think that he is. Um, is the system that he's going to be coming into volume happy like Dallas or a situation similar to that? No, it's, it's not. So... I think that he's gonna have a very strong bounce back campaign. I do think that he plays sixteen, like Bet says. I do think that he finishes as a wide receiver one, like Bet says. I have no problem owning him. Um but top four is spicy. When you've got Devonte Adams uh editor's note, please go join that giveaway. When you've got Devontae Adams, <laughs> that I, I think all of us are in agreement that he's got a strong chance at leading the NFL in receiving touchdowns this year. You've got Michael Thomas. I think who's Odell gonna...
0: Beckham Jr. Has a, has a sneaky strong chance to ooh, do that, by the way. Buddy,
2: ooh, no. If this Browns
0: offense is good, Odell is a guy who had 10 to 13 touchdowns each of his first three seasons as a young wee whippersnapper with a worse quarterback <laughs> a
2: on a worse offense. <laughs> uh,
0: no. And Jarvis Landry is not a red zone
1: threat. <laughs> Just straight up no. No,
2: but <laughs> no. but Hooper <laughs> is. But Hooper is, and Njoku might be if they're going two tight end sets. No, get and, that out of my
0: face. Odell Beckham Jr. is by far the best touchdown threat in the red zone for that team.
2: I'm I'm not saying I'm I'm not saying By far. I'm not saying that David Njoku is a better red zone threat than than Odell Beckham Jr. I'm not saying that. There's a lot of mouth to feeds in this offense. You're gonna have Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt is going to be very active in the passing game, I think especially down in the red zone. I think they're going to be running a ton of play action that has Kareem Hunt as being the one read. I think that happens a lot. So you've got that. You have Hooper. You have Jarvis Landry on quick hitting slant routes. There's a lot of mouth to feed in the red zone down there. No, I don't think Odell Beckham Jr. is in the top five for receiving touchdowns this season. I I don't think it
1: happens. Um, So... Go ahead. Can I just jump in real quick? Yeah. So I I finished the Browns projections today. And after we talked on our uh, Wednesday podcast, which came back, go check that out. Fantastic show, by the way. Mm. Guys. Mm-hmm. Big Wednesday? Oh, Great. We talked about OBJ, and I was like, man, I want to see what this looks like yeah. in number format. So this is what I came out with. I gave him a twenty eight percent market share. Strong. good. I gave him 84 receptions, 1,100 yards, and eight touchdowns. Yeah. It came out to 209 fantasy points, which is looking like a top-12 season, but I just couldn't give him more targets with the volume and the way that they use the running backs in Kevin Stefanski's system. Yeah, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. I don't know, man. It seems like it, it's possible. It just doesn't seem likely. And, so. and the
2: great thing is that I think that his yards per reception is going to be massive with all the play action. Like, he might only have six catches in a game that goes for 120 in a tutty. Like, it it could be that because of all the play action involved. But I don't think the volume's there, especially in PPR formats, for him to be sniffing the top six, let alone the top eight. I think that if you've got him somewhere between eight and 12, that feels about right to me. I don't think that he's got top four upside.
1: I would agree. Boom, roasted. Okada, (laughs) defend yourself. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah, oh. well, I mean, I,
0: I think that uh, my, my main defense is just the touchdowns, which is interesting because I don't disagree too much with Betts' numbers. I think I'd probably give him a few more yards on those 84 receptions, but I'm going to give him four-plus touchdowns over Betts' mark of eight. I mean, I don't know if I'll project it, but I think it's very, very possible. I honestly see him as as much of a touchdown threat, threat this year as anyone in the league except for maybe Devontae Adams. I would take Odell for touchdowns over Hopkins I would take him over Jones for sure I would take him over Cooper uh you know give me other names and I'll probably say it Mike Evans uh yeah I'll take him over Mike Evans I think Mike Evans is probably nine or ten but I think Odell has the best chance outside of Devonta Adams to have more than 10 touchdowns and so I think that's what gives it gets him for me up to a point where if he plays all 16 he's a top four guy
2: I'm going to make a bold prediction. It's not because I'm a homer. I promise.
0: Oh, gosh. DK Metcalf?
2: DK Metcalf has more receiving touchdowns than Ordo Beckham Jr. Oh, shoot. Lock it in. Where is the bet? You want it? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes.
0: Good. Let's go. Why shake?
1: All right. I'm, I'm putting that one down we will, as well. We just talked we about will, David Montgomery's will make the money. stats last time. Bets, are you in on any of these uh, the bets? Wager. Your
0: name is Bets. You should be. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Bets #betsbets. Bets bets. bets, yeah. bets. Um, it's yes. a thing. We've been talking I'm,
2: about it. It needs to happen.
1: I'm in on uh the David Montgomery stat total of 1200 yards and nine total touchdowns. I am in on Odell Beckham over DK Metcalf. Oh. Okay,
2: write it down. Write it Alrighty. down. I like this.
1: It's on the book. All right, John, back to you, man. Hit us with your last prediction.
2: Bets. Uh, now, because I I enjoy my friends. I, I like both of you quite a bit. Um, which is why I, which is why I gave Okada a Brandon Ayuk segment.
0: That's true. That's true.
2: It's true. Uh, I love you guys, and I'm very grateful for your friendship. And no, this is not a sappy hour. But <laughs> my bold prediction here: Miles Sanders
1: won, Ooh. Mr. Matthew Betts. Miles Ooh, Sanders
2: will have more receptions than Alvin Kamara.
1: Ooh! Ooh. Now you're just. You're tugging on my heart, John. Ooh, I don't even know what to say about this. Um,
2: that's I know what tough. to say. I like this gonna, one. I like this I, one I, a lot. I know what to say
0: because I'm gonna buy it pretty quick. Let's go! Wow. Here's Let's the go. thing. Like it. Here's the thing. Uh, Alvin Kamara is gonna have. Well, Alvin Kamara would have 81 receptions this year because that's the only thing he does is have 81 receptions. Every except year. that they added Emmanuel Sanders, who is. I don't think arguably, inarguably? No. I think he's inarguably the the best wide receiver two that the Saints have had yeah. in Kamara's time there. They, yeah. They've had doo-doo butter behind Michael Thomas in his other seasons there. And I believe in Jared Cook uh, continuing to be a productive Butter, Yes.
2: Hashtag doo-doo butter. And
0: meanwhile, you got... Over on the Eagles, you got a lot of speed, yes, with the receivers that they drafted. But you don't have a lot of possession guys. You don't have you a lot of high-target guys. Ends. And Zach Ertz, who would be the guy, the possession tight end, he's getting a little older, man. Long you know, in teeth, he's, huh? he's not a spring chicken anymore. So I think Miles Sanders has a very good chance to be top three, four, five in running back receptions. And I think Alvin Kamara drops down just a little bit from his standard number of 81. So I'm going to go ahead and buy this.
2: Okay. Spicy. I like it.
1: This is tough. I'm trying not to be biased in my analysis here because clearly the track record says, don't even think about it. This is easy, Kamara. But Okada made some great points there. And... I don't trust the Eagles' pass catchers, man. I just don't. I mean, Alshon Jeffrey's foot is a major red flag for me. He is not on my draft board at all this season. Shouldn't be on yours either. And when you look at the other wide receivers, they're all rookies or an aging veteran, Marquise Goodwin, who's a deep threat. J.J. Arthega whiteside in year two, what is he? We have uh, no knows? clue. Nope. I mean, Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz could be the team's wide receiver one and two. Again, like we saw last year, making Miles Sanders the de facto three in terms of target share and in terms of receptions. And everyone always wants to say with Miles Sanders and with the Eagles, they always use an RBBC. You can't trust these guys, even if that happens, which I think Doug Peterson just plays the hand he's dealt, which has been average to below average running back play in the NFL at this point with the Eagles. Um, I think he's going to be willing to use Miles Sanders in the passing game Versus whatever aging veteran he brings in, whether it's a Carlos Hyde or a Lamar Miller or someone like that. So I'm going to buy it. (laughs) I'm going to buy it, man. I think Miles Sanders is in for a very, very big season uh, this year. John, what do you think, man? This is your prediction. Are you yeah, buying
2: so here's the thing. when I, I talked about Miles Sanders over the last couple months, and I was like, man, I just don't know. I, I I think that Miles Sanders might be a guy that is locked more into a committee with everything going on there with, with their coaching, with Peterson. Um, I expected them to invest more highly in a complementary running back, and then they didn't. They did not bring in anyone threatened miles sanders and as soon as the nfl draft ended i was like oh okay it's his backfield this is miles sanders time like 70 percent of the way even if they bring in a carlos hyde this is miles sanders in his rookie season he had 50 catches on 63 targets and he didn't really even get going in that offense until week like eight i think Something like that. So he had 50 receptions in a rookie season where Jordan Howard was the guy early until he got hurt. I think I'm on par with this. I'm in agreement with all of you. I'm buying my own hot take here. I think that Miles Sanders is the focal point of that offense in multiple ways, rushing and passing. And even if they do bring in a veteran like uh, El Guapo, um, I, I still think that this is his backfield in terms of carries. And, no, he's not going to be a 300-carry guy. Give him 225 like we've talked about previously. And then go out and give him, like, 90 targets. I, I think that that's entirely possible if that, that happens over the course of the season. gold
1: if that happened.
2: Yeah. Give him, like, a, an Austin Eckler role with more carries. Dude, Miles Sanders is is hot in in fantasy football. So hot right now. Um, I think that he's going to get more receptions than Alvin Kamara. I really do think that happens. I think Emmanuel Sanders carves out a big role in that offense. Not massive, but big enough to put a pretty good dent in the Alvin Kamara receiving upside that we've seen in PPR.
1: Interesting discussion there, Um, man, I'm getting excited for Miles Sanders again. We got to move on. Uh, all right, boys. Last prediction of the show. We've had some pretty spicy takes, and this one isn't very spicy. It's kind of boring because of the player that we're talking about, but the actual take is relatively spicy. What do you guys think about Teddy Bridgewater as a top 15 fantasy quarterback in
0: 2020? Oh, yes, I'm in. Woo! Okay. Yeah. Go. You didn't
1: even think about no. that. No. Listen.
0: A fast th- pull on the trigger. This was arguably the best thing for Teddy Bridgewater from a fantasy perspective. I think that this offense, the scheme, the players, everything is set up for him to do well. The defense is a massive question mark because they were so terrible last year, one of the worst in the league. But then they spent all their freaking draft picks on defense, so they really knew they had to address it. <laughs> I don't think it translates quick enough for their defense to suddenly become above average. So I think they're still going to have a bad defense. John talked earlier about this division and how it's going to be a foot race every game. Uh, And Teddy Bridgewater is going to be captaining a foot race where he gets to throw very easy passes to Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, and Curtis Samuel. Like, if you told me to pick a, a set of weapons for Teddy Bridgewater... It would look a heck of a lot like this. He gave me the whole NFL to choose from. This is a perfect yep. situation for him. It I is. think he is going to thrive in this system and have every opportunity to be to have a great fantasy season. So, I'm considering him in like my top 13 or 14. Even I don't know if I'll be able to get him that high, but giving me top 15 is just enough for me to feel good about it. So, bye bye bye. Like like the Backstreet Boys or is it In Sync? <laughs> Which one is it? I don't uh... know. That's JT I dude. think it's I think it's insane Well yeah, yeah but he was in One of those bands I think he it's was in insane. Insane. was insane It's right. insane Come on Bye bye bye
2: Get your 90s boy bands <laughs> On lock Listen man I have no shame In not knowing the difference
0: Between Insane and Backstreet Boys Okay <laughs> I have no shame <laughs> In, in not in knowing grave. the
2: difference I have no shame In not knowing the difference Between those <laughs> oh, two. Man. I posted It's gonna be May uh, Poem On April 30th It did happen um, There you go <laughs> I was apprehensive of that at first when you said it. Um, giving myself a minute and a half of Okada pontificating was just enough time uh, for me to wrap my head around it, and I'm going to buy it as well. Um, nice. 15, Let's fi- go. Fifteen feels like that cutoff for him. Like it's that was a great number for you to pick. If you had said like eighteen, like a mid range RB or quarterback two. Yeah, I'd smash that. I think he's going to be a mid to upper quarterback too. 15 makes it just elevated a little bit more where this is a really good place to put that line. I agree with everything that Okada is saying. His average depth of target is probably going to be like five yards on the entire season. And it's going to just be quick hitters, high completion percentage. If you tell me that he throws a 68% completion percentage, I'm not going to be shocked at all. It's going to be DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Christian McCaffrey out of the backfield, Ian Thomas at tight end. It's going to be such quick-hitting offense, get the playmakers the ball in space. We saw this in that Joe Brady offense at LSU where it was quick, hit this, short, dunk this here, and then shot over the top in that LSU offense. That's what's going to happen with this. The defenses are going to be so focused on five yards from the line of scrimmage and in, and who's getting the ball in the quick movement and motions and, and all this stuff, that all of a sudden, DJ Moore is going to run a deep post over the top on a play action with Christian McCaffrey, and he's going to house one from 70 yards out. It's going to be a great offense. It's going to fit Teddy Bridgewater incredibly well. The completion percentage is going to be great. Not only that, all of these playmakers are fan fantastic yard after the catch. He's mm-hmm. going to throw the ball 4 yes, yards sir. and his playmaker is going to get him 20 on it easy like, Yep. Like I was his, just going to say I think his his he could lead the league in yards, yards after catch. Yeah, his passing oh, yeah. yards are going to be like 42-4400 4, even though like 3000 of them were air yeah. yards. Like it's yeah. going to be it's going to be insane the difference between the two. The yards after the catch is going to favor him incredibly greatly. DJ Moore on a quick hitter, Curtis Samuel, Ian Thomas, Christian McCaffrey, get the ball into one of these playmakers' hands inside the red zone. They've got a great chance at finding a way to get that into the end zone, which only helps his stats even more. I am digging it. I'm I'm buying this on Teddy B. I think it's a fantastic landing spot for him, and he's just the kind of facilitator that that offense needs.
1: I don't have much else to add. I mean, you guys made all my points for me. Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, it's May, so things change, but he's my favorite like late round quarterback to draft mm. or even not even draft. Mm. Like, he is going at like quarterback 25, 26. In dynasty startups, you can get him as your quarterback three without even thinking twice about it. I just made a trade for him the other day. John and Elite, we played it in together. He's just not valued as that, you know, high end quarterback two, what he is going to be in fantasy and potentially quarterback one because of the reasons you guys mentioned, the Could defense, happen. absolutely atrocious. And listen to the names that they lost on defense. We're not even talking about their draft picks, like James Bradbury, gone. Luke Keekley gone. Mario Addison, gone. Bruce Irvin, gone. Like, what? who is gonna be playing defense for the Panthers? They lost Shaq Thomas oh, Steve, didn't they? I think so, yeah.
2: Didn't they lose they Shaq to be, Tampa? Didn't he go inner division
1: uh, I don't know about that I'll off the top it, of my head, I'll have to look it, I'll look it up. But they are gonna be behind in every game they play. And if you're going to be passing the football, like you guys said, this weapon group is the team you want. The system is the team you want. It's going to be up-tempo. LSU ran 72 plays per game last year, which would have ranked first in the NFL. That's a lot of plays. This is recipe for success in fantasy football. And if you're not in on Teddy Bridgewater, you're going to miss out on fantasy goodness Mm. in twenty twenty. Fellas, one last stat to close out the show. I love this stat. PFF has a metric. They look at like the time it takes to to throw the football. Teddy ranked 13th in their metric as far as the quickest. When he got the ball out of his hands in less than three seconds, his passer rating improved from 87.6 to over 108. Mm. Mm. I'm just saying, this is like Teddy B, the the point guard, is gonna win fantasy That's weeks for you this be. year, and you're gonna get him at a super cheap price. Big facts. Oh, I, yep. Distribute, I, di- distribute the ball. Uh, Christian give, me those, all over the give me, give yeah, those, give me in. those
2: Carolina-Atlanta games all day long for fantasy. B- oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. those twi- that Twice this season, those two games are going to be like 42 to 35. It's going to be fantastic for fantasy.
1: Yeah. All right, boys. I am officially hyped about Miles Sanders and Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> to close out the show. Uh, reminder to the listeners: if you like what you're hearing, drop that rating and review in your podcast app. You are going to get an entry automatically. Uh, actually, three entries for doing so into the Devonte Adams giveaway. Check out the post on our Twitter. Check out the post on our Instagram. Join Patreon. Get those extra entries. Get that Devonte Adams jersey, guys. It is so freaking sweet. Uh, fellas, we're back next week. Anything else for the people before we close it out?
0: Um, Odell Beckham Jr. Wide receiver one.
2: No. Okay.
1: <laughs> well, we got no more time for arguing, guys. Nope. We got to get out of here. Follow, follow Okada at Matt Okada. I'm at the Fantasy PT. John is at Dynasty Beard, and the show account is at Redshirts FF Pod. Until next time, we are the Red Shirts. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Redshirts Fantasy Football Podcast.
0: Hit us up on Twitter at Redshirts FF Pod, and check out our website, RedShirtsFantasyFootball.com.